The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Thank you very much, Bernie. Good evening. You're listening to The Hard Shoulder here on News Talk. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. Carl Spain's going to be along in a few minutes. Time to talk about the. Galway Comedy Festival which gets underway tomorrow but first you might have seen the news today that the archives of one of Ireland's all time great actors have been acquired by my old alma mater in University College Cork a range of items belonging to the late Richard Harris gathered by his family will now be permanently housed there in Cork and on display in different parts of the country who better to discuss than Richard's son Jared who joins me now Jared thank you very much for taking the time first of all can you tell us a little bit more about what is included in this treasure trove. It's a essentially a collection of uh, memorabilia that my father kept over the course of his career, both personal and professional. Um, letters, photographs, telegrams, um, poems, unpublished screenplays, acting notebooks with his um, with his notes in it. Um, posters from old movies. Uh, I mean, just a, a huge treasure trove of uh, of memorabilia. And I understand, I mean, this is all stuff that he collected and kept himself. Because I think maybe it kind of flies in the face of people's impressions they might have of your dad. He was something of a hoarder, it sounds. Yeah, I know. That was a surprise. when When he passed away and we... Uh, had to let the house go. We went through, um, obviously, and found these suitcases full of stuff. I mean, letters that me and my brothers had written to him when we were at school, when we were seven or eight years old. He had all of them. All of our school reports, he had all of them. Um, Yeah, it was a surprise. Well, what do you think that says about him? That maybe we in the public would have one image of him and it's probably not reflected in reality. Well, certainly from his sort of the image that he fed to the media about being this sort of devil-may-care, you know, quote-unquote hellraiser, um, it flies in the face of that because that's obviously um, uh, at odds with someone who's kept all this information. That's a sort of, It's a sentimental thing. But it wasn't a big surprise from us because obviously we knew him as a completely different person. He, you know, he wasn't that image that the the press liked to uh, use to sell papers. You know, um, he was a much more uh, complex um, and uh, a much deeper personality. You know, and did he cultivate that himself in the media? Which- yeah, he did. Of course he did. But I mean, you know, I mean, he would joke and he would say that um, uh, when one of his movies was out and the, the box office numbers had gone down, the producers would call him up and say, go out and create some headlines and off he'd go and do it. <laughs> um, so, and he knew very well the, the kind of image that the, the press liked, wanted to print and I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, I, I don't even know what Hellraiser means. I mean, it's just a term that got coined back then um, towards somebody who is essentially not willing to sort of operate by the rules of polite society. But those rules of polite society is what kept everybody in their lane and, and 
created the glass ceilings that he and O'Toole and Burton and Finney and Oliver Reed and all those guys were smashing through, you know? So um, it was, I, I, I've thought about it a lot. And that term had more to do with the point of view of someone whose position in the status quo was being threatened by those guys. So they they were, I suppose, your dad and all those friends of his and those contemporaries of his that were described as hellraisers, I mean, they're, they're what the tech bros call disruptors nowadays, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were, they were rule breakers. Um, um, and some of those rules needed to be broken, you know. Um, but, you know, the, the hard living that they were doing, that wasn't unique. Uh, if you read any of the biographies of the guys who were in the business before them, I mean, you know, Trevor Howard and all those guys, they were on the lash just as much. It's just that they were quiet about it. They did it on the sly. Whereas, you know, uh, Burton and O'Toole and Dad, they didn't lie about it. It was right out in the open, you know. And so, I mean, if 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 that, we'll use the phrase then, if that Hellraiser image was somewhat contrived, though based a little bit on reality, but somewhat contrived, I mean, what about the idea that o- the, the other impression that people certainly in Ireland will have is of his fondness for this country and for his Irish family and his Irish heritage, that that was real, wasn't it? Well, I'm not. I'm not saying that it was contrived because he fed into it, and he fed into it in a way ultimately to his own detriment. Because mm. um, it, it, it was to the detriment of his reputation as an actor. Eventually, um, people weren't taking him seriously as an actor because of that. Um, so it wasn't contrived at all, but it was very. It was very much the only thing that the um, the, the the British press specifically wanted to deal with and wanted to look at. You know, um, but to your other question, yes, he he proudly flew the flag of Ireland around the world all his life, um, and if you wanted to. Um, immediately find yourself in hot water with him, say something rude or dismissive or demeaning about Ireland, and you're in, you know, you're in hot water. There was an immediate argument, explosion. I saw people make that mistake, you know. Um, he was very, very proudly Irish. And of course, I think that when he arrived in England in the 50s to start pursuing his career, he encountered a, a certain amount of bigotry that I'm sure was probably a great surprise to him. So, I mean, given that fondness then, the deed the, the, and the genuine nature of it, what, what, what do you suspect he would think of, you know, one of Ireland's national universities accepting all of this collection? I, I would hope he's, I mean, I think he'd be happy. Obviously, he, he kept it all for a reason, you know. Um, he just never communicated to us what that reason was. Um and it was important to him. That's why he kept it. So I think he'd be thrilled. I think he'd. I don't think he'd be surprised that there's an interest, because um, he was well aware of his standing and his status and his reputation. Um, and he, you know, it was part of what he engaged in in his life was creating that reputation. So I don't think he'd be surprised. But I know he'd be extremely. Um, He'd be happy and and uh, flattered by it, you know. Well, what do you? How would you describe his legacy? Well, first and foremost, he was 
Ireland's first, you know, leading man movie star. You know, I don't. Well, Ireland's first movie star because it's more in O'Hara was, but um, he was definitely the. Uh, he he broke the mold in that sense. There were uh, there were many Irish, wonderful Irish actors who who came before him, but you know they were generally um, certainly in terms of British cinema and Hollywood cinema. Generally, it was in sort of supporting roles and or in um, in roles that would now be considered to be in, in some measure to be demeaning. So, and he refused to do any of that. I was reading an interview in, in which you were talking about him as well and his relationship with people like your mother, for example. And it's interesting the way you described it. He didn't believe in relationships ending. He just believed that they that the nature of them would ultimately change. What, what did you mean? By well, that, that was to do with that was to do with that uh, uh, was an attitude that he had that I I admire, and that was just because his marriages ended in divorce, that doesn't mean that the relationships had to be considered to be a failure. They just needed to change. Hmm. And um, you know, the way that he allowed that to happen was he took publicly full responsibility for the failure of the marriage. I mean, I think one of his sort of more quotable quotes was, if he was ever miscast in a role, it was as a husband. <laughs> well, how would you describe your relationship with him? I mean, I, his, my dad, I love him. I loved him. I, I enjoyed his company. I enjoyed him being him. Um, you know, and I, I miss him and I think about him all the time. So, um, and I, 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 I still, I still learn things, um, when I meditate and think about him and think about how he did, how he pulled certain things off. I'm still, I'm still trying to learn from him. So, yeah, I mean, you know, one does that with one's parents, my mother passed away earlier this year but that doesn't mean that my relationship with her has ended either you know I'm still trying to glean whatever wisdom I can from her as well well listen the way you describe it initially and I know people would have read descriptions or seen photographs as well in, in the newspapers uh, here today um, it, it's it's a great collection and a great asset for UCC and listen the people of Ireland as well because it will be uh, open to the public in in, in different ways uh, into the future. It will be. So yeah, the first yeah. Uh, exhibition of it is going to be at the Hunt Museum in, in Limerick, and it was very important to us that that be the case, you know, because obviously, uh, um, obviously because of his connection to Limerick and how proud he was of Limerick, um, uh, that we, we wanted to honour that. Uh, that connection. Well, listen, Jared. Uh, before you go, I know lots of listen. Our, our audience, they, they, they will know you not so much as this, the son of Richard Harris, but for you know uh, the Crown and Mad Men uh, and lots of other things. Uh, what, what, what are you busy at at the moment? Uh, I just finished season two of Foundation, and I did um, two independent movies. Um, one called Brave the Dark, which my elder brother Damien directed which my, me and my younger brother Jamie are both in. And then I did another in the British independent movie called Reawakening. Um, so both of those should come out next year. All right. Well, listen, we... But we, all three of those should come out next year. All right. You'll be busy doing promotional work next year, Jared. Listen, uh, we wish you well. Actually, but 
what I have you, I know the, the, the next season of The Crown is coming. James, Dame Judy Dench says there should be a fiction warning which shows like this. <laughs> Given you were in season one, um, uh, what do you think about fiction warnings on historical dramas? <laughs> yeah, we, we should have them in front of Hamlet as well. And <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, this is a work of fiction. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I think that says it all. Jared, it's been an absolute pleasure. Okay, God bless. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.